0: Are you ready for tonight? Okay. I want you to have your Bibles ready. There's uh, just so much that I want to download and do tonight. I don't have the capacity, but the Holy Spirit has. And so I want you just to open up your heart. Tonight is the first session, and we want to set a firm foundation for this conference and uh, for what God wants to come and do. I believe that God sets the time and the place. And uh, there's a very specific uh, anointing for this meeting There's a very specific assignment for us to be here this date, this weekend, and uh, I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you during this time. I want to greet everyone that's watching on live stream as well. Uh, We pray that God would minister to you as you watch from wherever in the world, but if you can make it, if you can be here in the room, I want to encourage you to make the effort, drive, fly, do what you need to do to get here and to be part of what God is going to download during this weekend. Now, personally, uh, Open Heavens Conference 2022 was an incredible shift in our lives as well. Uh, When we attended this conference, just by being part of it, we experienced incredible momentum that came to our lives from that moment. I shared with Pastor Andre last night just how it has impacted our lives just to be part of this. I'm very honored to be here and to take part in this conference and uh, it has really shaped my life and has just done so many things. I've got so many testimonies and things I can share with you, what started to happen from that, that moment on right there. Uh, immediately after that conference, one of the significant things that happened was immediately after this conference, I was invited to a conference in, in the U.S. And uh, they asked me specifically, they said, would you and your wife come and host this conference or be the speakers on this conference? I said, yes, it'd be great but they said, we want you to minister together as a couple. I said, we'll, we'll do it. And uh, so they said to me, the church said to me, what, what would you like to call this conference? And um, so I sent them a couple of titles through. I said, listen, let's call it Kingdom Come. Let's call it, and I sent a few titles through. And I said, what about Open Heaven? And they said, let's go. Yeah, we feel it resonates with our spirit. And uh, so a month after that, we did Open, Heaven, Open Heaven's conference in the U.S., and um, and this is a very significant church, um, very powerful ministry. And uh, they said to me after that, that conference that it was the best conference they had that year. To such an extent, we are flying back next month to go and do Open Heaven 2023 back. And uh, it's, it's not, uh, you know, the speakers, it is what happens in the spirit. And uh, what is significant to me is that it feels like we're standing under open heaven. And I want you to utilize that moment. Yes, but Andre, don't we live under a constant open heaven? Yes. But there's moments where we've, we've come to this place. There's a lot of organization, a lot of things have been prepared. And I really believe that God honors these moments. And uh, God is going to show up. And that is what I want to focus on, not just on the speakers or the worship, but spiritually what's being released during this time as we are here. A lot of what's happening here during this weekend is more caught than it is taught. We can try to share the word, but there's something in the spirit you have to pick up, something you have to carry after this conference. And uh, if I have to sum it up, what is going to happen? There's a momentum coming to your life. And that's what we experienced in 2022. A greater momentum came to our lives. Now, whether you are in ministry or in business, momentum counts. And uh, this is what I'm praying for, that there would be a momentum that would drive you as a family, as a ministry, whatever you have lost in the last two, three years of your life or ministry, that God would come and restore that back to you. And not just what you've lost, but beyond and above that. Amen. Let's get into the word. I want to share a brief foundation of the prophetic and how to respond to prophetic words specifically as I transition into tonight's message and start to minister. I want you to make sure that you are ready how to receive and how to respond to the word when you receive that prophetic word during this conference or in your life. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for your word tonight. I declare, Lord, as we open up your word It's alive and it's active. Father, I declare it will go forth and it will accomplish exactly what you send it to do. Father, I pray for every heart right now that it would be prepared and ready to receive the uncompromised word. Lord, I take every thought captive right now and I submit it unto you. Father, fill our thoughts with your thoughts. Fill our mind with your ideas. Lord, come and fill this place with what you have prepared for us in this moment and in this hour Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you on how to respond to a prophetic word. Now, first of all, the first moment when you receive the word, the enemy will try to abort that word before it gets to you. I want you to understand that, that God wants to deposit something inside your life, but the enemy will try to steal it before it even enters your heart. And he does that through doubt. Now, when it comes to the prophetic, we are not led by prophets. The more I explain it to people, the more they ask questions. In the New Testament, we are led by the Holy Spirit, Romans eight fourteen, not by prophets. All of us in this room are led by the Holy Spirit, not by prophets. Now, when you receive a prophetic word, a prophetic word is conditional. A prophetic word is not something that God puts on you or forces on you. It is conditional. The two conditions to a prophetic word is number one, your faith, and number two, your obedience. Faith is the foundation of our lives. We receive Christ by believing in our hearts and confessing with our mouth. So faith is part of who we are. It's the foundation of our lives. So when you receive a prophetic word, you receive it by faith. Now, a lot of people listen to that word and it doesn't make sense to them. Half of it doesn't make sense to them or nothing at all. And then they abort it before the word starts to enter their lives or their hearts. Number one. Number two, it is also conditional towards your obedience. There's a part that you have to play in that word. Now, you can walk away from that word and you can miss what God has planned for you. You've seen it throughout the Bible how many people have not ended the way that God has destined or planned for them. They missed what God had for them. Now, the prophetic word is conditional. And the two conditions is faith and obedience. And in the same way, we have the gifts of God. Now, the gifts of God are irrevocable. A prophetic word you can miss, faith and obedience, But the gift of God is irrevocable. And God has given us gifts, and those gifts are irrevocable. But connected to the gifts is anointing. and anointing you can lose. Anointing is also connected to your obedience and commitment to God. Now, I want you to understand that yokes are not broken by gifts. Yokes are broken by the anointing. You can have a person that is gifted, but yet functions without any anointing. Anointing is directly connected to your relationship with God. And that is what I desire for every person that's in this room, is that you would grow in your relationship with the Lord. It doesn't matter how gifted you are, but that you would know Him. The Word tells us there would be many that He would say, I did not know you. And so that all... The signs, but yet they had no relationship with God. And that is our foundation why we are here. We're here because of our love for Him. I don't do this. I'm not here because I'm trying to achieve something. I'm here because I'm driven by His love. That's it. It's the only thing that keeps me going. It's the only thing that keeps me alive is my love for Him. That's it. And that is what I want you to uh, what I want to stir up within your hearts tonight, that you would be driven by your relationship with God, not the outward appearance and the outward things. There's something that God wants to do during this weekend that's more than signs and wonders. That's above what the eye can see. It's something that happens in the spirit that's in depth where we receive from him at this moment. And so I want, you to, I want to prepare you for what he wants to do In your life this weekend. Now, second part that I want to share with you in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, we have the nine gifts of the spirit. Now, in the nine gifts of the spirit, we have three gifts that I want to focus on just for a minute. The three gifts that I want to focus on is word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and prophecy. Those three gifts. Now, word of knowledge is always the past. Word of wisdom always the present and prophecy always the future. And so there will be times where you will receive a prophetic word and it will absolutely make no sense to you. Israel gets a prophetic word that God is leading them to a land full of milk and honey. Doesn't make sense. They are slaves. There's no hope. They've been in captivity, but there's a word that goes forth of where they are taking him. The reason why the word doesn't make sense to us is because we think it is a word of wisdom. What it means is you get a prophetic word, and then you look at your current circumstances, and you want to fit the future into the present. And because it doesn't make sense to you, you abort it. And you say, well, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. No, thank you. And you bored. what God wants to do in your life. So what should your response be? Your response should be, I'm not driven or moved or led by prophets, but I receive the prophetic word. Thank you, Father. If this word is from you, you will bring it to pass. And So I receive it by faith, even though it does not make sense to me at the moment. Now, when it comes to the prophetic word, often there's times and dates that's connected to it. And that's what confuses us. You have to have wisdom and you have to have understanding. And that's why you need to be part of a spiritual family. You need a shepherd that can walk with you and can journey with you. Now, I'm here tonight, but tomorrow I'm leaving. But after we've done this conference over and everyone, all the lightest, Turn down, there's a pastor that's going to be here next Sunday. And he's going to journey with you through that prophetic word. Often those, that prophetic word has different times and seasons that's connected to it. Where it gets confusing is when we want to push everything into now. God speaks to you about the fact that you're going to move, that you're going to renovate, that you're going to do all these things, but there's different time frames and seasons that's connected to that prophetic word. I often get prophetic words about places where we are going and, you know, we are on our way to one nation. And then on the way there, I get a prophecy that's already speaking about the next nation. And sometimes it gets so confused because I'm, I haven't even done the first thing and now the second one is coming. But because I've learned, received the word and understand in season and in time what it means. Yes, that word is accurate, but there's a season and a time for it. It's not the season right now. Right now, I'm focused on Europe, but the time will come. And the importance of the word to be spoken is vital for God to open that nation and to prepare the way to enter there 10 years from now. But we try to cramp everything into now. How does it fit now? How do I build now? How do I move now? How everything now? That's a word of wisdom. Wisdom. Now, there will be times in your life where you will need wisdom in the moment. That's when you pray and you say, God, I, I have to make a decision right now. Give me a word. And then it doesn't help if God speaks to you through prophecy. You need a, wis- a word of wisdom so that you can apply that right there and right now to be able to know what do I need to do today or tomorrow. And so prophecy is the future. I have prophetic words that has one of the prophetic words that I received took over 14 years to come into fulfillment. 14 years. But today I'm standing in a fulfilled prophecy. Everything that I'm doing today was prophesied 16 years ago. It it didn't make any sense at that moment. Nothing. No sense. In fact, it was the opposite of everything in my life. I had a word, but when I looked out the window, my circumstances was the opposite of that prophetic word. But I received it by faith. I said, Lord, I receive it. I'm not going to judge people. If this word is from you, you will bring it to pass. But I will hold on to it, and I will warfare with that word until it comes in fulfillment. Now, one of our challenges today is people receive a prophetic word, and then they try to make it happen. They use the word, and they try to push and pull and break down walls and they, they try to carry the word. One thing that you have to learn is you have to learn, allow the word to carry you. Receive that word, even though it doesn't make complete sense at this moment. But let that word start to carry you and open and close doors as you move forward. Amen. Now you're ready to respond to the words that you're receiving. I want you to open up your Bible in, in Bibles in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Tonight, we're going to speak about high places. High places. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Sorry, not Romans 8, verse 14. I already shared that with you. Let's move to Psalms chapter 2, verse 8. Psalms chapter 2, verse 8. (coughs) Psalms 2, verse 8. I had a conversation with a man a few weeks ago. And in this conversation, he said to me that he believes that God would do everything or give everything to us that we need. And we don't have to ask God anything. We just live and we are just in Christ and God just opens away. I want to share with you in in, in, uh, Psalm chapter 2 verse 8, he says, Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance the ends of the earth, your possession. Ask me. You cannot expect your wife to get up every morning and make you a cup of coffee if you never told her that you would like a cup of coffee. And it would be very ignorant to get upset and to divorce your wife and to stand in court and the judge say, why, did you, why do you want to divorce this woman? And you say, well, I, she never made me a cup of coffee. It was always my desire, and she never did it. If you did not ask. And that's the same thing when it comes to our relationship with God. We think that God should just know that God is relational, and we are in a relationship with Him. There's nothing that God wants to deny you. God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. But we are in conversation with Him. We are in a relationship with Him. And God wants you to ask Him what you desire. Now, the possession never becomes more important than God. When I talk about possession, when I talk about prosperity, when I talk about wealth, it never comes to the level of the presence of God. The most important thing to me is the presence of God. I cannot live without the presence of God. and So I want you to understand that from that point of view, the presence of God is what sustains me and what keeps me. But there's a father that wants you to prosper in all that you do. And he wants you to ask him. And one of the things that South Africa or Africa itself are being set free is God is dealing with the orphan spirit in Africa. The orphan spirit says you're not good enough. You're not important. And he doesn't care. And I want you to know tonight that as a son and daughter of God, There's a father that cares and you cannot sit here tonight and be upset and angry with God if you never told him that you like coffee. (laughs) And I want to shift you into a gear in your relationship with the Lord to communicate with him, to share with God what is important to you. What's the stuff that you're going through? Where do you need help? Bring your request to God. Bring it to him. Don't just get up in the morning and think, well, he needs to know. Bring it to him. Pray. Ask him, Lord, this is is what I'm trusting for. This is what I'm hoping for. This is what I submit to you. These things. Be in conversation with him in those things. Now, one of the challenges with people, and I'm speaking to this room right now, is somewhere you have stopped asking. You've come to a place where you just assumed that you're not good enough, or you assume for some reason you're disqualified, for some reason it's too late, or it'll never happen to you. It will happen with everyone else, but not with you. And if there's one thing that I can stir up tonight within your spirit, it is to ask him, to bring your request and say, God, this is what I'm trusting you for. If I go down this row right now, And I ask every person, what are you trusting God for right now? It must be something that you have an answer immediately. You mustn't stand here and say, well, I'm not really sure. Let me think. Give me 10 minutes. If you ask me what am I trusting God for, I can give you 10 things right now. 10 things that I'm walking in faith right now that I'm trusting God for. And I'm holding on to those things. And I ask him because he says in Psalms, ask me. And I will give the nations to you as your inheritance. It doesn't say it will just fall on you. It will just happen. Just ask me. Ask me. And so as a father, I'm trying to communicate to my children right now. Sometimes they, they cry and they scream. They throw a tantrum. And I say to them, listen, just stop. What do you want? I don't hear anything. Just tell me. Um, I'm thirsty. Then just say so. (laughs) Just, just, Just say so. I can respond as a father to the request when I know what the need is. But if they keep on screaming and praying in tongues and complaining and... I don't know. Just tell me. You don't have to you don't have to translate your prayer into tongues for, for God to understand it. You can just ask him. He understands every language that's there. You can just ask him, Lord, this is, this is what I need. It's just simple. And so we have a lot of Christians now that are spiritually screaming and complaining and they depressed and they are bitter and God has no idea why. And he wants you just to communicate to him and say, Father, this is my heart's desire. In fact, he says, Ask me the desires of your heart. A lot of people are still praying what they think God can afford. He says, Ask me the desires of your heart. What is your desire? I believe that a lot of our prayers are not being answered. Because we're not asking for the desires of our hearts, but we're asking through a filter of limitation. And we're trying to reduce the size of the vision so that God can grant us the request. And so God, we're not asking for what we really desire. We're asking for what we think is possible. We look at people around us as our source and we look through their capacity and we think, well, in this company or in this ministry or in this family the greatest blessing is limited or reduced to this size and so therefore my prayer is limited to that he says ask me the desires of your heart I want you to get you to to a place tonight where you can ask again now if you are here and you've been disappointed get over it we can try to talk about Every time that God did not show up and every breakthrough did not come through. The truth is that you are here today and you're alive because of his grace. That's it. You want to complain about the one time that he didn't show up, but you forget about other times where he saved you without you even noticing it. There's a battle going on every day of your life. Every day. And God is protecting you and keeping you. And so we can ponder on every time where we've been disappointed or discouraged. We don't have time for that anymore. We have to move on. And for us to get to high places, we need to deal with these little things in our lives. We have to cross that boundary. Now, in the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 12, it says, then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I've come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. And then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So Daniel prayed and there was an immediate response to his prayer. There was a delay of 21 days, a spiritual battle that took place where the enemy wanted to stop the breakthrough, wanted to stop his prayer from being answered. But the fact is that when he prayed, there was an immediate response. Immediately. And this is what I want you to understand tonight. When you pray, there's an immediate response. Immediately. I remember... One one time when I prayed for a specific breakthrough, I was very spiritual and uh, I went into my prayer room and I prayed and I said, God, I lay this down at your feet. I submit it. There's no one, Lord, that can help me with this challenge. Only you. There's no one else. I submit it to you. And then I left my prayer room and a, a friend phoned me and he said, Andre, I heard about a challenge that you have. I said, yes, got this and this challenge. He said, well, I know someone in that department. Um, um, Let me see what I can do. We can maybe quickly help you to get you assisted in that. I said, thank you, please. I'd love for you to reach out to those people and then get back to me. And so when I put the phone down, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Andre, you don't trust me. I said, I do. God said, well, you just said in prayer, That you submit this to me. You surrender it to me. And then immediately you speak to other people about it. I said, God, this guy has contacts. He knows people. He knows someone. He can quickly sort it out. And God said, no. There's some things. When you surrender it to me, you leave it with me. There's some stuff that you can share with people. But then there's other things that you just. Submit to God and you leave it with God. The greatest breakthroughs that I've received in my life is the ones that no one knew about. It was the things that only God knew. Only God knew. And when the breakthrough came, I knew that it was from God because no one knew what I was facing or what I was going through specifically in that. I want you to hear tonight when you pray, there's an immediate response. Immediate response. The enemy is trying to get you to stop praying. Stop asking. And he's using guilt and condemnation and disappointment. And he's saying, don't hope. Because if you hope, you might be disappointed. He's trying to get you disconnected from God. As a child of God, what connects us with the Father is communication. You know, the Father came and through the sacrifice of Jesus, he came And he restored mankind back to him. And because of that sacrifice, we serve a God that is omnipresent. Right now, this moment, God is where you were born. He's at the moment where you're going through that crisis or storm. He's here tonight and he's also at the same moment in time at the place where you die one day. That's omnipresent. And so the, the very God that's omnipresent, that's at every place in point in time, The greatest lie that the enemy can come against him is to say he's absent. How can God be absent if he's omnipresent? And so the enemy comes and through an absent father, absent mother, absent lover, absent friend, he comes and he uses a natural relationship to distort your relationship with your heavenly father. And he's saying God is absent. He wasn't there. He doesn't care. And what he's really trying is he's trying to disconnect you from your prayer life. He's trying to disconnect you from communication with God. Now, prayer is communication. It's not just a one-way conversation. It is in communication with the Father. And it's something that's very precious. The fact that you can, all of us at once, can stand up tonight and we have direct access to the Father. Direct access. All of us. We don't have to pray through a person here tonight. We have no mediator. We have access to the Father. And immediately when we pray, there's a response from heaven. Immediately, angels are released. Immediately, your case is assigned. Immediately, there's a reaction. The fact that you don't see the manifestation does not mean that it didn't get to heaven. It's on its way. But the enemy wants to try to abort what God wants to do in your life through doubt. And so therefore he's saying, don't pray. God is absent. God doesn't care. How can you ask for nations if you, just, if you, if you don't have, to have the faith just to pray and communicate? I'm building a bridge tonight because I want to get you to a place where you can start to trust God for nations. For great things. Africa is in a place where God is restoring the orphan hearts. He's restoring sonship in Africa. And it's a very powerful nation that has found their father. We're going to see incredible men and women of God that will arise from this season that we're in right now. Great men and great women of God that will come forth. I want to take you into a place uh, which I call high places. Now, as you, as you travel, as you go to places, there's places where you'll enter. And as you enter that place, it's different from other places. There's just something there. Whether it's spiritual, whether you're discerning it, it is just a different place. Now, I have many of those types of encounters in my life, places that I've been in, towns, villages, nations that I've entered and I could just feel this is a different place. There's something different about this place. Now, one of those places is um, in Switzerland is a town called Davos. Now, in I was in Davos. I go there every year in January for a month. But the first time I went there, approximately seven years ago, they, I ministered throughout the region of Switzerland, and they took me one night to this village. I think it was a Wednesday night service to this little village and to minister there, all Catholic building. And so I arrived there late at night in this town. And as I drove into this town, I could feel something different about this place, just something. I don't know what it is, but I can feel in my spirit, it's something different in this spirit. Now, to explain something to you about Davos, later I started to find out more about it, and ever since I've been back there every year, very significant place um, in the world today. Now, Davos is the highest town in Switzerland, the highest. It's very interesting, every year in January, for five or six days, this little town, I think the population of this town is 11,000 people, but they host the World Economic Forum in this little town every year. And so every year, um, they shut down this entire town. It's the highest town in Switzerland. It has only one road in and one road out. And they shut everything down for that five or six days. And then they fly in two and a half thousand delegates from all over the world. All the presidents, all the movers and shakers, The greatest companies in the world gather for five days. And the purpose of this is mainly to fellowship, mainly to sit and discuss the future of nations. And in one town, you have the most powerful people in the world. A very interesting, 2,500 people with 7,000 soldiers to protect them. They fly them in. I mean, it is they shut the whole place down. For that five or six days and then they they have these meetings they revamp the entire town they come in they remodel this entire village It looks like a different town and then afterwards they shut everything down and take everything and they move out every very significant place now I've been trying to get in for the last seven years but um, it's only by invitation you can't buy a ticket it's you only it's only by invitation you get invited to attend this meeting. okay. Now once you get invited to attend it, the ticket costs one million rand. So I'm glad they haven't invited me yet. (laughs) So I want you to understand, you have two and a half thousand people together that pays a million rand just to attend these meetings. And these men and women, business people come together and they say, listen, what is limiting business globally? And let's deal with that. And in five days, they shift anything that needs to be shifted right there. There's no limit to what they would spend. There's no person that they cannot influence. Whatever they need to get done happens right there. They come together. They say, listen, we have an issue with this thing and this nation there. And they deal with it in five days. And there's no limit of money they would spend to do it. And then they continue. Now, this is not a godly meeting. This is not a godly place. But it's a high place. And it's very interesting to me that they are doing this meeting in the highest place. They go up into the mountain and the high places. I found that as I traveled globally, that many other religions always go for the high places. I find that when I travel to places, I find a lot of times altars being built in these significant high places, where different sacrifices are being done annually, high places. A few years ago, I went to Colorado. I'm going back to the same place next, next month. And uh, as I arrived in Colorado, I was part of a group that um, they are having tremendous challenges with, gut, with uh, government and with the governor at that time and uh, they've gathered this team to go and pray in the high places and as I arrived in this meeting I don't know how I got involved how I got signed up but I found myself in a room with a group of people that came to pray in the high places so I arrived there and and they explained well we're going up into the mountain now let me explain something to you about Colorado If Colorado is a high place, the air is very thin. If you walk 10 meters, you can't breathe because of the air that's so thin. So I arrive at this meeting, and then in this meeting, they explain that we are going to go and climb mountains and pray in the mountains. And no one told me about that part. I knew we had a meeting, but I didn't know about the hiking. And immediately I realized that I'm not dressed for the occasion. I, don't, I didn't bring any shoes or anything. And so I knew that I needed to get out of this. And so I tried to explain to them, you know, that, that I'm not the, the hiking. I'm not the, you know, I'm just going to keep everyone back. I think it would be better for all of you guys to go and climb the mountain, go pray up in the mountain, a high place, but then on the way there, just drop me at the hotel. And I'll wait and pray for you while you're up in the mountains. And uh, I think they realized that I'm going to be, you know, a limitation to them. And so they agreed. that They would rather drop me and they would, you know, go and pray in the high places. So they went up and, you know, dropped me and they went up. And so I felt really condemned when I walked into the hotel room. I felt, well, I told them I'm going to pray for them. but. And so I need to do it. Now, I walked into the room, and then I just started to pray for this group. And I started to pray for the high place and and for for the team to take authority over what's happening there in that region. And as I started to pray, I started just naturally just started to worship God. And as I worshiped God, he took me to the high places. And in that moment, God said to me, Andre, you don't have to climb a mountain to get to the high places. Worship takes you to high places. I want you to understand something tonight. We have incredible worship teams that prepares the way for us to go to high places. But once we get there, we don't know what to do. As so right there, I just started to pray over the steam, over what is happening there. And it was very significant again to me, just globally how they always try to conquer the high places. But as a Christian, we don't have to climb mountains. Our worship takes us to high places. I want to share a scripture with you, and I'm ending with that tonight. Luke chapter 4, verse 5 to 7. I want you to learn something Tonight, from a worship leader, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What did you think about this? Satan, now the word Lucifer means light bearer. Okay, light bearer. Light is revelation. Light brings forth revelation. And so Satan, Lucifer, comes to Jesus. And he, he, bring, he brings this proposition. Now, I, I'm wondering where does he get this from? How does he have the understanding that worship releases property? How does, where does he get the understanding from that worship releases authority? Worship brings dominion. Worship releases something. And so now he comes and he offers this to Jesus. He says, if you worship me, I will give you access to all these kingdoms. Why do Christians believe if they worship the enemy, they will become rich and famous and have great authority, but when they worship God, they will get nothing. If we worship him, he takes us to the high places. And when we enter the high places, we have access to something. And what we have access to is something that the enemy does not have access to. The only created beings that can create is humans. And they can create by their words. The enemy cannot create, he can only copy He can only manipulate. He can only turn truth. But he can't bring anything. He's not creative. He can't create anything. But we have been given the creative capacity to speak things into life. And this has got nothing to do with the prophetic. You don't have to be a prophet to be able to speak things into life. You just have to be a son. That's all. All of us are invited but I want to make this point tonight and say to you that you can never serve God at a loss. Never. For some reason, the world is twisted and they think that when you serve the enemy, you'll become great and wealthy and strong. But when you serve God, nothing. No, no, no. We serve a God that created everything. Everything. And he, doesn't, he does not just want to answer your prayers. In fact, he's put the capacity in you to create and to release the future that He's placed in you. He's given you the ability to speak life and to speak things into existence. Things that's dead, things that look that there's no way that it can turn around and with just one voice, one shout, it can turn around completely. I want you to write down the scripture in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. He says, "I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." Want you to read it again? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth. Listen, whatever you bind on earth. I don't know where the doctrine or the idea comes from that we have to release stuff from heaven. It's not your responsibility to release it from heaven. You have to release it on the earth. And he will release it from heaven. And so he's saying, I don't need you to speak in heavenly places. I need you to speak on the earth. I want you to speak here, where you are right now. I want you to speak. Life here, right here. In this place that you are. Now, is there any person in this room right now that's not on the earth right now? (laughs) So I want to make sure I have the right crowd Right, people? If you're here right now and you are from heaven visiting us tonight, it might not be applicable to you. (laughs) But if you live on this earth and you're here with me right now, it means that we have access as children of God to bind and loosen things right here on the earth. Right here. We can loosen it tonight and immediately there's a response from heaven. We can bind things tonight and immediately it's bound. Right now, right here. Not next week, next month, next year's conference. Right now, as we loosen it. Now there's times in your life where people will do it for you, but then there's times of impartation where you have to do it. I believe that we are in a time this weekend of importation. It means that you take the step of faith. And you start to bind things. And you start to loosen things. And you're taking that authority. Now, there's significant moments. And I'm preparing you and setting you up for those moments. There's times where we are literally standing under open heaven. There's times when you worship, where the worship team just have to sit down and come back next Sunday and try again. But then there's other times where we go to high places. And in that moment, it's a significant moment. In that moment, all of us are standing under open heaven and they have led us into that place. They've prepared that place for us. And whatever you do then at that moment is your own responsibility. If you stand under open heaven and you don't Ask for anything, you might leave empty handed. If you don't bind anything, if you don't loosen anything, nothing might happen. But if you stand in that moment under open heaven, you have the same access that everyone has. And you have the authority right there, open heaven, to release things over your life, your children's life, your husband, your wife, right there, over the nation. Right there, you have access to loosen and bind things. And I just love how reckless the scripture is because he says, whatever. (laughs) If you want to limit yourself, then do that. But I I have a green light. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever you bind whatever you lose. If you want to bind and lose through limitation, if you want to limit yourself and limit God's capacity, but I'm taking, I'm just following the word of God. That's it. I love the word of God. I just follow the word. If he says, if he says I can do it, I can do it. That's it. And he says there, whatever, you know that nothing is excluded from whatever. Whatever. Nothing, whatever you loosen. The power is not in the whatever, the power is in what you lose and bind. We're so focused on what's included (laughs) that we don't buy into it. What do I get? What's the package? What is the benefit? That we don't take the step and we loosen and bind.